We are live. Meet the suckers. Meet the suckers. A sucker podcast that probably won't last. Meet the suckers. Meet the suckers. Skyler and Jeff don't know how to. Ryan? Meet the suckers. And Chad. How's that sound in this week, Skylar? A little better. Uh, a little better. <laughs> welcome to another episode of Meet the Sockers. I'm your host, Skylar Hunt. <laughs> wow, you're feeling so good that you became like like a douche in a 1950s movie about making it in the radio industry. That's who I am, Jeff. That's not who I'm <laughs> acting like. No, I actually slept for 10 hours last night. Oh, man, for the first time in months, I imagine years actually but it was <laughs> because i didn't sleep at all the night before because my apartment currently has fleas oh god i feel like <laughs> like did you just like on the like you slid the misery bar from united onto like fleas and like you know what i mean and, like the build a character version of your life it, it feels like a cost was paid let's this is this is the easiest segue. A cost, a blood, a blood sacrifice was made. Unfortunately, it's payable in uh, 0.001% increments to fleas. Um, fleas. But as a result of my infestation, uh, it feels like the universe uh, allowed uh, some interesting results to happen this weekend. Let's say. But the first, the first topic and the most important topic, Jeff. I'd love for you to read it to our. Well, to me, well, the topic is Glazers Out. For those of you who are not streaming, um, Glazers Out. It's in all caps. Uh, Glazers just out. out. Beowned. Um, to me, this says almost everything you need to. Like, this answers a lot of questions that I was going to eventually ask you today, which is like, let's oh, shorten uh, this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm like. Oh, are you real happy about the United Liverpool thing that just happened? Or uh, do you just still hate the the management slash ownership of your company that bad? Do you remember the movie The Wizard of Oz, Jeff, from the, I think, believe the 1930s? I do, and I just saw Wicked. Go on. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain is the Glazers' approach to, to managing this team. It's they... They they spend they were they were looking at remember Marco Arnautovic and Adrian Rabio oh an episode ago <laughs> right and we and we lost uh, both of our opening matches this season and we're about to uh, get trounced by Liverpool so what you saw was the most dramatic outpouring of anti Glazer sentiment since the Super League. Uh, situation happened last year since Remember? last time since but that, last week but yeah. that was also galvanized by the fact that all football fans were coming out against yeah. the league so it was a global news story whereas Manchester United sucking and under investing less of a news story right yeah but <laughs> some although enough to get Elon involved <laughs> he tweeted about it this feels like a but, month ago so so that that fan outpouring resulted in first uh uh, a sketchy ass guy named I want to say Michael Michael Knighton Michael Knighton yes Michael Knighton who 
Is this the guy that just tried to buy Chelsea recently? No, 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 no. We'll get to okay, Jim, Jim Radcliffe. Michael Knighton was this guy who I think tried to buy or be a part of buying United in the 80s. Uh, didn't work. So instead, he bought Carlisle United. Have, are you familiar with Carlisle United? <laughs> Not that much, which sells me a lot. So he, they were doing all right with the manager they had. He bought Carlisle United, fired the manager, and if I my understanding is correctly, took over as manager uh, oh. and promptly got them relegated. <laughs> he took over as man. That is, that's amazing. That. Oh, you know, they're like that's that's ultimately what every bad owner is doing is taking over way too much responsibility because they own the place. Well, it's wealthy people thinking, I'm wealthy, I know better than everyone else. Look at all the wealth I have. That right. means that they know everything. I uh, bought a stock once before <laughs> that stock became more valuable than it is today. That's my IQ, right? Michael Knighton's. IQ. Uh, I can't get into it, apparently, as that would be libelous. Uh, I've been hearing <laughs> on various podcasts. To, to even intimate that he doesn't know what he's talking about is libelous. But I don't think they can sue us because we're in America, right? We could just go, LOL. We're not getting sued. We're not going to be sure sued. you're allowed to have opinions about someone's intellect. <laughs> but, in, but honestly, hearing how all of the other like British podcasters that i listen to have talked about him it sounds like he's sending out like loss like at least legal letters to anyone who says a word about him but recent events are that'll be you know, fun that'll be such a milestone in this podcast the first time we get a cease and desist from someone dude we could get one from just like using a little bit of premier league audio footage it's it's a it's a likelihood <laughs> but but so fans are freaking out about United sucking. United fans are freaking out about United sucking. All other fans are rejoicing. Uh, Michael Knighton releases this video on YouTube uh, where basically it's filmed by some like documentarian. So he's got a good camera. And Michael Knighton is basically being like, I've got this secret consortium that's going to buy Manchester United. Just you watch. By the end of this season, Glazers will be gone. And he a says all that. Consortium. It gets it gets a lot of airplay. Like everyone's talking about this video, and they're all like, "He's full of shit, right?" And everyone's like, "I don't know, maybe." <laughs> but we all we're so desperate. We're like, we'll believe anything if it means getting rid of these these fucking leeches. Um, and then what happens is Jim Radcliffe, who is the richest Brit, I believe, and hmm. he is a was born in Manchester, and he attempted to buy Chelsea with a late. Uh, a late bid. By the way, it's Sir Jim Radcliffe, I should say. He's a he's a knight. Unlike OBE. Michael Knight. Yeah, exactly. He's such an obe. Um, <laughs> but but so Jim Radcliffe's official spokespeople for his company in Ineos uh, comes oh, out and he's like name. he's like we are very interested in in buying Manchester United if the Glazers will sell, which was like front page news everywhere yeah. because finally legitimate buying option is there is interested he already owns nice uh and they've been having a, a nice couple of years uh <laughs> and but so what, what he they're trying to buy pepe right now though so i don't know how but he'd be great in in league one He'll right he was um, before yeah so that happens which gets he also Elon owns Musk. like an f1 group he owns a bunch of stuff he owns like 
But the F1 team that they own is like wins, wins a lot. Like they find yeah. out whatever, it, how do they optimize the operations of a given thing that they buy? That's what he brings, yeah. which is the opposite of what the Glazers do, which is give <laughs> jobs to their buddies yeah. um, or people that they the know. The Glazers own the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, okay. Tom Brady, uh, Super Bowl. Okay, well, yeah. That, that but, team but, isn't so bad. But that's it? Is just that and United? Or do they yeah, do other stuff too? I think they probably own like, I don't know, timeshares or sex trafficking or something. I'm oh, sorry. Probably. Possibly libelous. Um <laughs> I think they I think they could own you those things. Probably. Yeah, I don't I don't know that they own those things. It just seems likely. But but in, in that mix was Elon Musk saying, I, I'm gonna buy Manchester United, but he's pulling the same shit that he did with Twitter. Like I'm starting to suspect. I'm starting to suspect Elon Musk will buy stock for something, then tweet something inflammatory, watch the stock price change, and pump and dump. He did it with Dogecoin. Yeah. He tried to do it with Twitter, but now Twitter is like, "Oh no, you've said you want to marry us. <laughs> Marriage is for life with Twitter." Like, yeah. so that that was a lot of craziness. And amidst, as soon as that craziness starts happening, and the Glazers start feeling threatened, what happens? Hold on, I'm rearranging. So as soon as the Glazers feel threatened, we go from investigating 15 million pound shit as fuck French McTominay, Adrian Rabio, <laughs> and instead we buy Real Madrid's star defensive midfielder who is 30, but is still arguably in his prime. Yeah. And we just went from no defensive midfielder to top five in world football defensive midfielder. Yeah. So while I would normally be like, oh, thank you for the, the good player, I'm not buying it because it's – why didn't they do this two months ago? Why didn't they get Eric Ten Hag all the players that he asked for two months ago? But then they'll now pay 50% more than they were yeah. priced at in June to get us off their backs. So that's why we're leading off with the topic, Glazers out. Now, Jeff, I would so love this to – Oh, I was going to give you, I was going to like boomerang this to you for like. Boomerang it. Talk to me about Cronkies. Oh, talk right. to me about Arsenal fan opinion of Glazers or outsider opinion of Glazers. Like, give me that. Like, let's talk ownership for our teams. I think that the general opinion of the Cronkies for a long time when they own two thirds of the club and were not putting a penny in and they were sort of just letting Arsene Wenger run it as like a sort of not for profit. Um, just keep us at zero, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I think the general opinion then was pretty low, but the, you know, the one thing that I will say about them, and that, this I was kind of alluding to this when I was asking earlier, like what other stuff do they own? Is the Cronkies are a mega sports buying because the Cronkies own the Colorado Avalanche, the St. Louis Rams, um, the Denver Nuggets. They own like a couple lacrosse teams. They own whatever the what's the Colorado MLS team. Oh, the Rapids? I think they might yes. not be the Rapids anymore. They might be like Real Colorado Lake City <laughs> AFC. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like something they do. Um, but they own a bunch of teams. And I think, you know, on some level, I, at first it sort of made me think, oh, these are like, you know, and I think a lot of Arsenal fans mm-hmm. felt the same way. Like, oh, these are like impersonal weirdos who like, they don't care about this club. We are one of many corporate line items to them. But at least for me, I don't know if this is for everybody. Maybe that maybe I'm speaking like this because we've had, you know, a couple good months in a row at Arsenal. But like 
it kind of strikes me as like if you own that many teams it, you will quickly get disabused of the notion that you know exactly what's best on the field or even like in terms of the contracts and stuff it's like you start learning how to manage at a meta level where you're managing the managers who are then you know those these are the people like the do at arsenal that are going and signing players these are people like arteta who are actually managing players so i get the feeling and you look at all those teams for the most part like you know the st louis rams very successful team recently they did screw over their fans in st louis by becoming the la rams um you know but i kind of get the feeling that as an ownership group they know what they're doing and they seem to be staying out of the day-to-day operations enough i feel like that's the biggest key of like just hire people that you actually trust to do this job and that are qualified to do the job and then go from there like so is the lesson in all this if you're moving to france learn french or hire a french translator like right or do both like get as good at french get as good at french as you can but realize you're never going to write a french novel you're never going to be thierry henry you're never going to be arsene wenger and i i think the glazers have had 17 fucking years to learn that lesson 17 years how many protests how many like it's been a decade since we've won the Premier League. It's been a number of years since we won. Was it the Europa League or the FA Cup? But like, to, for us to finish in the position sixth, and then have them spend the least of anyone in the le- like, it's it's mind-boggling how they expect this to turn around. And if they don't expect it to turn around, it looks like they're looking at us as a as a little boat that's leaking, and they're like, let's just use this boat and let it take us as far as it can take us before we abandon ship. So, like, they were going to milk it of minimal investment, maximum withdrawal for as many years as they could until that dried up, and then they were going to chuck it onto the scrap heap for what someone would pay for it. Yeah. I mean, and the crazy thing about that, it's like, it's like someone buying a house 10 years ago where even if that house wasn't that great, the housing market has just gone so crazy that they may have made money on it. Or even like, you know, if they didn't think through the housing decision the way that they should have, I think it's similar in terms of like the market for these teams. They're never, they've never been worth more. They're probably going to be worth more next year in the year. You know, it's hard to see an end to the fortune coming in, like the TV revenues from foreign sales and things like that. Everything just goes crazy and but somehow we have no money but somehow we have money for (laughs) you have imaginary money you know like our uh, all of these clubs including you know manchester united they're worth more than they were a few years ago and so on some level their investment has come due but this is not the kind of money that you can get out of an atm and that's the kind of money that you need to buy players with but so so if we jump back to the second banner, which said uh, Casemiro, when we're talking about Casemiro, am I excited we have Casemiro in how it will impact me watching games this season? Yes. Do I think them spending $70 million is responsible if they're going to go do something else shitty to find the $70 million later? No. Like, if they're, like there was rumors that they were going to talk to some private equity group and essentially do the same thing Barcelona just did. That's not okay. That is not okay to me. Uh, Especially because I want them out. I don't want the debt higher. That makes it harder to get bought. Right. So if, if, if I would rather we spend zero this season and finish 14th, if it gets them out, because long-term we will never be competing with the cities and the Liverpools and maybe the arsenals and the Chelsea's and the Spurs 
if they are running the club and we are paying, I don't know how many millions of pounds in interest, millions yeah. of pounds in debt, millions of pounds in dividends every year. And if that's priority over making the team good, which it is, and if they yeah. continue to insist on hiring uh, yes, yes men and friends and peons, like the, the team, like this could be the last, the last, uh, the beating up. Or sorry, well, we're going to get to it in a second. But the mo- yesterday's success might be like the last happy podcast that I can do with you forever, forever. To be, and maybe maybe the first happy podcast too. There haven't been that many ones. I'm also not pumped. that happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. The first like sort of media. The only thing that I will say, and I think you know, everything that you've said about the Glazers, I think, is spot on. With the one possible exception that, like, just because they're spending money, doesn't mean the club will get better. You know, there was an interesting graphic that kind of went viral in soccer circles recently that showed, you know, like who are the top ten spending clubs of the last few years, and a lot of those names you're like, yeah, that makes sense. PSG does spend a lot of money. That makes sense. Man City does spend a lot of money, but then you see teams on there like Everton and it's like, you know what I mean? it's not for, yeah, it's not for lack of trying. And I think that, I think that this Casemiro deal still a little bit reeks of that to me where it's like, oh, absolutely. It's like you said, they're spending partially just as a PR stunt because they have the fans on their back and they're like, who can we buy that then they, they'll have to be like, well, they bought one of the best players of Real Madrid, you know? Yes, and- they think that that's enough because in the past, bread and circuses was enough to distract angry fans because sure. the fans just wanted to see the team getting better. But now we know them too well. Right. We know well, what they're about. Because, I mean, if you go back a few years, it's not like you guys haven't ever spent. You know, you bought Ronaldo's, you bought Pogba's. You're actually on this thing that I just pulled up. You are the number one spending team over the last, like, 10 years. But, like, it's the kind of spending that they do. It's not it's idiot smart. Spending. It's not smart. And I think, like, there are a lot of clubs out there. Like, Dortmund isn't on this list. You know what I mean? There are other good teams. Spurs aren't on this list. They have good scouting and they buy players at the right time, not 2000 late. Right. So I, I still think that, you know, even it's, it's, it is a matter like they do, obviously they can't just keep like slurping money out of the side door of the club, which is what the main thing that they've done. And one of the biggest differences between them and the Cronkies, if I don't sort of diverge. We're the only club that does it. We're the only club that pays dividend. It's a pretty scummy thing to do. We're the only club, um, I think, in professional fucking football that does it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a wild, it's a wild, wild choice that they've made there. Um, you know, by the, the thing way, that we're I, speaking of, by the way, we're speaking in circles, but to anyone who might actually be listening to this, they they give themselves very generous consulting fees year on year. It's like 11 20 million, million a year, yeah. 20 million, and, you know. For, and, you know, I would really love to know, I would like to see some of those big consulting decks that they put together for that $20 million, I'm not But sure. add that to the debt and interest, which is their fucking fault. We we did not earn that debt. It's not from players being bought by us. It's by them buying Manchester United for free on a loan right. and then saying, hey, guess what? That's your problem now. So we could have an extra £100 million pounds worth of players a year if there was no dividend, no interest no debt and then on top of that so that let's put that at two we could have a 200 million pound transfer window every summer right if you hired fucking smart people 
to spend that money and to have scouting networks that are ready to go. When a player is yeah. ready to pop, we buy them and we, 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 we lay the groundwork for transfer six months, 12 months in advance. Sure. Like you do that, that 200 million is suddenly feeling like 400 million for the money we spend now, you know, like it's just going way further. 100%. We could have gotten Anthony from Ajax, who by the way, had eight goals and six assists last year in the Dutch league. So not, lighten the world on fire but a good a good young player we could have had him in may when ten hog was appointed for 45 million now we're talking about a hundred million so best biggest spenders yes smartest spenders not in the top 100 um but jeff i'm sorry that was that was a rant before we even got to the ranting stuff um yesterday united versus liverpool did you get to watch any of it uh, I watched quite a bit of it, not all of it. Did um, you see the, any of the goals? Oh yeah, I saw I saw all the goals. Um, you know, and I saw like you know a few other key key moments in the match. It, then let me then let me tell you what I saw. I saw from the team that lost four nothing to Brentford a little over a week ago. Um, this team, on paper, outran Liverpool. The team that outruns everybody. Yeah, especially did you see that- the. Did you see the thing about Ten Hag? He had that, you know, that punishment that everybody yes. talks about. Yeah, the thirteen. We talked about it. Eight or thirteen. Yeah, we did. Everybody. Thirteen. I mean, if, we, if we're talking about it, dude. No, uh, thirteen point nine or I don't know, whatever. It was a lot of kilometers that they had been outrun by Brentford. And did you see that he ran it with them? Which I kind of did not that see touch. that. Um, apparently, I just saw that like right before we came on the air. But apparently, he went with them, which I think. That's a really, that's a really neat touch. Um, that's like if they were filming an all or nothing about you, you would be like stoked for that episode. Well, the, I already tweeted the joke was Amazon should do Manchester United colon nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and now you've now they've already ruined it by uh, you know. I, and I did. I will say, if we're talking about people who've predicted the future, did I not end the last podcast by being like, "What did you win? What if you win, <clears throat> Jeff?" If I had said you're right, Jeff, let me think about that. We would have lost five nothing. That's absolutely true. You were you, tempting fate. You were. You and you were very expertly avoiding jinxes, which you know. Just... <laughs> It's not a jinx. It's just like I just don't want to get my heart broken all the fucking time. I'd rather be like, yep. Like all even the diehard podcasts I listen to were like one nil loss, two nil loss. Like that feels that feels reasonable with like a good effort where we see some of Ten Hogg's ideas. Yeah. That'd be great. Ten Hogg's ideas. I saw Rashford pressing. I saw um Malasia and uh Lissandra Martinez, who's our next topic incredible uh he dropped harry Maguire. he dropped ronaldo like these were big calls right he started the ronaldo one especially i feel like the harry Maguire one is like i mean it should be a big call considering how much money was spent on him and everything blah 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 but it's less of a big call these days because he's been crap for a while and he's a big slow guy who when a pressing system requires that all of the defense pushes up to midfield so you can really trap in uh, the other team and then it requires the keeper to come out in case they play some really speculative long ball over the top the, the sweeper keeper your Adairsons, right. your allisons your ramsdales will rush out at the very least to kick it out for a throw in so it's right. not an instant goal uh like yes liverpool hit, hit the post twice at one point bruno the bruno fernandez i think hit the post 
on our own post. That was the best almost own goal I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he I think he hit, hit a player Martinez. and the post. Martinez yeah. cleared it. Like, if Martinez Insane. wasn't there, if Maguire is there, that's a goal. That's a goal. And then Harry Maguire's <laughs> head is in his hands and everyone's dropping and we lose that game 4-2. Yeah. Um. So, so in the end, uh, it was 2-0. There's about 10 minutes left. I don't know if I tweeted you or uh, texted this to you or another friend, but I was like, if they you score did. with 10 minutes left, we're fucked. And they scored with 10 minutes left. Almost on cue. It was the one thing where I was like, oh, man, you've been, like, so perfectly avoiding the jinxes. And you have just set yourself up there. I paid my dues <laughs> time after time. So then when when finally uh, the ref blew the whistle, I mean, there's more we could talk about. We talk about Bruno Fernandez almost getting sent off for two simulations. Uh, the one I about- felt like was quite harsh where I'm like, like you can't just book guys every time they fall down. And it's but not he a did throw himself to the right. Ru- like the first, the yellow card. I was like, yeah, that is what that rule is about. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the goals, Sancho's goal was so cold blooded. <laughs> like he faked out uh, both the defender. I want to say it was like Milner in front of him. And then, or was that a Milner he and Helm Henderson? V- he froze Van Dyke. He Dyke's. stood on the ball. Yeah. And then placed it immediately to Allison's right in the left side of the goal. And I was, I stood up and just screamed. I was on a Zoom for work. And I'm talking about like something that's really important one-on-one with a creative director. And I just go, yes, yes. And, he, and he's an Arsenal fan. So he's just like on a 20 second tape delay. And then he's like, what, what? And then he goes, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Like that was he was, was watching a, too, man. That yeah. saves it. Yeah, because that's the Monday game, so there's no, there was no Arsenal game for for you to watch, right? So that's hilarious. You guys were both happened. just in a conversation, pretending <laughs> to hear each other while watching like the game, like a serious conversation. Screen, like it was, it was like, like this eye contact. It was like, like, should I go to HR about this? Like, should I talk to like our CCO oh, about this? Big deal. <laughs> and we're like, how hard? And it was like, yes. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. One so nil at the half. Then second half. Uh, I want to say there's a few moments where Liverpool hit the post, could have tied it, but like De Gea was great. Uh, the defense was great. Varane looked like Madrid Varane. Like the one that you bought. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this is before Casemiro is joining. So this is still with, I think it was a McTominay, Erickson central midfield with Bruno ahead. And then yeah. Fred came on in the second half, uh, which I was... McTominay looked good McTominay, McTominay looked great, didn't he? He had that one crazy pass that I, th- I think that was, was the one that goal. set up the Alanga post. Yeah, right? Alanga hit the post, could have made it. Uh, that could have been the first. That could have been the first goal. When that yeah, hit the post, I was like, fuck. That had like all the makings. Like if I were you, I would have just assumed that two minutes later, Salah was dribbling three players and scoring. You know, just oh had that God. feeling of like, oh, we could be up one nil, but we're down one nil. You know, like that thing. And we could have been up two nil at that point then if right. that goes in. But I know, I know, ifs and buts, right? Um, Candies and nuts. Second half, Rashford scores to go two nil on a just like burning Trent Alexander Arnold, which he. He basically did the entire match. Like Rashford looked like he cared. Rashford ran a lot. Rashford was a fucking threat. And I haven't seen that in like over a year, pretty much. Yeah. So I don't know yeah. what happened. What happened in a week to, to go from Brentford is double penetrating us to we like I know Liverpool started slow, but you could see in the last third of the game, like 
they could still score three goals in eight minutes if they really wanted to. Yeah, I mean, it did feel like, I mean, they're they're a good enough team, especially attacking wise, that it's like on some level they're never really out of the game. But mm-hmm. you closed it down. I mean, it does. I I wonder when I think about this game if there was any sort of three D chess involved in the last few weeks of Ten Hag. I wonder if a little bit of this is like in order for guys to win jobs and for guys to lose jobs, you have to let them lose it. And it's like, he basically went out with like the on paper starting 11 the last two weeks and got beat four nil by, to, Gave to him a Brentford, chance. you know, he, basically and he was like, was look, like, you guys show me, you show Glazers? me. Right, I think that's also like a turning to the Glazers. Do you see how the team looks when you uh, just put uh, random puzzle pieces? Like, I don't know. He wouldn't use that yeah. many words. He'd be like, no, like, no would be his <laughs> response. Uh, how, how, uh, why'd you drop Maguire? No. Like that's he's he's essentially a magic eight ball in interviews. Yeah. Um, but, but go ahead, go ahead. My only question to you, and you probably have heard more of Ten Hag's thoughts on this, but like, do you think that he told them, please go out and get me a Casemiro? Like, no. what do you what are, what is his opinion on that? Because to me, like, he what wanted little Frankie. he wanted Frankie, but there's no of leverage. Of course, he wanted Frankie. But then wait, once that was gone, do you think that he's psyched to have Casemiro in the team? Or do you think that that was strictly sort of a transfer move coming from the PR department? And he's actually going to be like a little bit unsure how this guy fits in. Because the things that I've read about him tactically are like, dude, like you couldn't ask for a more different midfield setup than a Ten Hag midfield versus the way that Real Madrid have played, where it's like a lower block. And, you know, they're not asking him to be super mobile and... Is there a but, chance that Casemiro is just a square peg and this is like this weird no, transfer? Fred and McTominay are both wrong for yeah. the midfield. So it kind of makes sense for the next two, three years. Like we just need stability. And then you already have Ericsson and Bruno who can just spray passes all day. So if Casemiro can win balls uh, in the middle third of the field and, and quickly just give the ball to someone else, but apparently he's still, he's a good passer. Yeah. Like he's, like we're we're getting, he's not going to be attacking exciting, but he's going to be defending exciting. He's like the type of guy who makes like a crazy slide tackle and then like chest bumps himself. Like he he's so like a lunatic. That he just doesn't fit into this press. No, defense. because ten, what Ten Hag wants is a bunch of angry warriors. Like that's so. Let's switch to Lissandra Martinez now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martinez, uh, <laughs> and and like what what I saw from him and Tyrell Molassia. Uh, in this match was they were both like laying out and and there was not a moment of jogging there was not a moment of head down if that was it was Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire we lose like that's the difference if Ronaldo's up top we lose like all of if any one of those players starts that match we lose yeah because they're they 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 can't Ronaldo can't press and the other two can't play with a high intensity pressing defense with a hundred percent focus. If, if, if they like Luke Shaw loses his focus three or four times a match, those are Salah goals. Like that's, yeah, that's what happened last time. But, um, so Mark Martinez, just because you, you wanted to, to talk about this as someone that we battled, uh, over in the summer, once you see him playing 
in a, in a full team that's playing the way Ten Hag wants to, it's like, oh, I get it. I do yeah. get it. Or even in this case, 80% of a team. That's, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's still yeah. probably not like it's reaching its final form, if we're honest. No Anthony. Like, we we started Alanga. Uh, no central. Like, you want Fred and McTominay or one of them to be on the bench, and you want the other to be gone. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, we, we need a whole midfield reboot. We still are playing sort of a guy at right back. Sorry, Diogo yeah. Dallo. I know you are one uh, Twitch streamer. But, like, you're not Premier League. You're not a Premier League right back or a top six Premier League right back. So, like, we need we don't have a goalie who can play sweeper keeper. De Gea tried his best yesterday, and he made some great saves. But, like, he's still the wrong goalie for the system. We're considering yeah. and Kevin Trapp. huge in this kind of system. So I never big. knew. I never yeah. knew goalie as first passer, how important it was. Yeah, I think that's pretty massive. And especially like what you said, not only as first passer, which is not De Gea's strong suit, but as guy who can control 40 yards of space, which is also, you know what I mean? Like, so and just command, on every level, you know what I mean? Like, defense. Yeah. Command, verbally, he doesn't, he's not a verbal leader at all. Hmm. Um, but also like every time De Gea passes short, it's a risky thing. Every time he passes long, it's a turnover, and then they're coming back the other way with the ball. So, like, really, De Gea, I, he's given us a lot of great years, but he's a problem to solve. Yeah. Um, but enough. All right, so that's been 33 consecutive minutes about Manchester United, Joe. Let's, <laughs> I, saw, I saw your match, but let's hear it from the gunner's mouth. It, it feels crazily long ago. I mean, th- that was a Saturday. It wasn't even like the Saturday morning match. It was like Saturday afternoon here. Like it was like 530 kickoff. And it feels like 100 years ago. Like so much has transpired in the soccer universe since then. But I have to say, I mean, it's sort of it pales in comparison to you guys upsetting Liverpool, obviously, because we're playing a team that could very well be relegated this year. I mean, a lot of people would say, I think, Bournemouth might be the worst team on paper in the league this year or one of them. And it's hard to argue with that. Um, but it just looked dominant. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's the kind of performance, like these are the kinds of games that Arsenal are used to throwing away three or four of a year and then wondering why we're not in the champions league places. Right. And, you know, like I think you text me like, two goals into it when we were up two nil and it was, gosh, it was still like 15 minutes into the match or something like that. And just saying like, you guys are going to win six to nothing. And there was a little part of me as I watched it, that was like, cause you know, I think we, we ended up winning three to nothing. And, you know, there was a fourth goal that got called back for VAR and, you know, like, uh, uh, Gabriel Jesus is like, armpit was offside or whatever it is but (laughs) and i and like that that var sorry to digress but that var it looked like it was taken with like security cam footage from a 7-eleven it's like the exact same grainy footage that they show robberies with um sorry this is i'm broadcasting live from my uh washing machine closet right now because that's where the router is in this apartment for some reason and uh so if you can hear the like weird waters noises, sorry about that. Um, that the sound you're hearing is Jeff jiggling back and forth with how happy he is that Arsenal won. Yeah, that's just bottles and bottles of tequila that I've been drinking <laughs> to celebrate the new chant. Of, da, 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 if you're, da, 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 da. if you're, oh by the way, I think that should be a, that should have been its own topic. I texted you 
what the fuck is up with this fucking song, Jeff? Because the 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 Arsenal fans. Wait, who, who who is it for again? What player? So it's it's for William Saliba, the oh, new, just Saliba. Yeah, the French center back who had an incredible goal, the third goal. He he just gets like sort of one of those I don't know what to do with the ball kind of passes from Jaka where like they're in the box but you don't want to, you don't know what to do with it. And then he just decides like, oh, would it be a good thing if I just curled it into the top corner from here, like first touch? Sure. It was it was an incredible goal. Goal aside, hearing that chant for seven straight minutes nonstop was like was like watching like if you're watching streaming television with ads and you get like some Hulu ad and then you get that same Hulu ad four times. Yeah. You're like, I don't even watch the show anymore. I just want this ad to die. I don't want the people who made it to die. And I want the media buyer to die. So like as a neutral watching an Arsenal match, I was like, you, you, your fans aren't making it easy to be a, <laughs> like a third party. <laughs> like, like I'd like to say is your friend when it's not in direct conflict with what I want or against my team. I'm like, I wouldn't say I'm pro Arsenal, but I'm not anti Arsenal. I've softened my stance on Arsenal because of you and a few other Arsenal friends. Yeah. That's very nice of you. Oh yeah, I'm I a mean, great guy. But 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 like I I that that was just not user friendly. <laughs> that, that no, like someone as a fan leader needs to be like, let's do it twice, guys. That's it. It you know it's one of those weird ones where like if you're online a lot with soccer stuff, you always see people suggesting chants. And for me, like I'll routinely see them and think, oh, that's like pretty genius. Actually, they should do that one, and they never do. You know. But this one, I saw like. I think it was a Reddit thing. Like somebody put it on there. I was like, we should do this. And then it's just so like, it just works so well as a, like usually the problem with the stadium chants that people suggest online is they're like too ornate to be sung by 30,000 drunk people. Whereas like this one is just perfectly ready to be sung by 30,000 drunk people. Country road, take me home yeah, yeah. to a place I belong. West <laughs> yeah. Virginia. Not related to soccer. Take me home, country road. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it definitely the good times have not stopped so far at Arsenal. And um, what know, did I predict it, last week about Arsenal season? I feel like it was, it was a good prediction. Did you say like second or third? I think I don't, they were both. I know. I, I said I don't think you're going to lose until October. But then October yeah. is going to be tough, and it depends how you handle the tough matches. Like if you ride that high confidence and beat right. spurs beat liverpool like you're you're in first now man but uh warning warning to the wise or is it warning from the wise word to the word, wise word to the wise i believe yeah word to the wise united was leading the league beginning of last calendar year that's how oh. quickly that's how quickly yeah. these things didn't blow up in your face but for sure i'm i'm happy that you're getting to like I don't know, be involved in what is starting as a legitimate season. Like you're having a season yeah. where you're like, this is a good season so far. I mean, that would be an interesting, that'd be an interesting road for this season to take for us is if we were just really good at being flat track bullies. Like if we just beat all the teams we're supposed to beat, then that makes us probably a champions league team. And if we can beat, if we can do that and beat some of the teams where it's a toss up or even where we're not the favorite, you know, which is something you need to do, then right. suddenly we're looking pretty damn good, you know? And I don't know. That, so I, I would be, 
I would be very content to see that as like the development state of the club this year. Um, but who knows if that, that's going to happen. Like you said, like once we hit that, there's a weird month in there where we're playing like, well, we play United in September, but then I think we play like Chelsea city and Spurs all in October. If I want to say that's right. And that could be, we might problem. be at the city match, right? Or are we going, we're going, we are going, we have tickets. Well, we have tickets, and uh, I haven't know. gotten my passport yet, but we have tickets. <laughs> we have tickets, and uh, let's hope that the names on the tickets are believable enough that they let us in. My guy just says white. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a huge step up from where I was last time, where it, my my name almost definitely said doesn't look like this. <laughs> you you could you could pass in a number of societies, Jeff. I think I'm like Jewish, British, or American. I am from somewhere cold. That's <laughs> there. There's no tropical blood in this skin color. That means you're home, friend. True. Um, hello. Oh, hi, that's my mother-in-law. Sorry, my mother-in-law. You need to be quiet. <laughs> I don't know if you want to okay. put the dryer in the Okay, I'll get the dryer after this. This is basically the. Uh, OANN network of soccer podcasts where it's like filmed in someone's basement. Uh, Tucker Carlson shows up in an Uber X. That was very uh, Wayne's world. This apartment also the only place like the, I'm in, I already said I'm in the washing machine closet. The washing machine closet happens to be right next to everyone's bedroom. It couldn't be in a worse place. But so that's the best what we is, do for the ones of people that watch and listen. The best has been when your kids come out and they look bashful. They know exactly what's going on, but they still are like scared of it. Like, is this device going to capture my soul? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if I just linger here longer, will that be better? <laughs> maybe if um, I just stare, like maybe it can't see me if I don't move. <laughs> speaking of amazing chance. Speaking of can't move. That people suggested <laughs> online and never happened in real life. One of the ones that I always wanted to hear 60,000 fans of the Emirates singing is for Obama Yang, who is the next topic. And I wanted him to be like, mana, mana, or like, that wasn't a Obama thing. Obama Yang. Maybe it was. If it is, maybe it's just the one I don't that have you proof. can't hear on TV. But I don't have proof that it was, Jeff. I'm shocked that that seems like, to your point, that seems like a slam dunk that like one fan of 10 million will come up with the idea and. Yeah, and I definitely have seen people suggest it. The other one that I really liked was for Oziel, um, calling it like the wonderful Wizard of Oz, like because 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 because, or the other because one for Oziel that I says he does, diddly, diddly, diddly. Yeah. or be, the other one that I really liked for him was um, like the Brazil song. You ever seen that Terry? What's his face from Monty Python? Gilliam. Mc... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had, that movie, bride. he had that movie Brazil that has like nothing to do with the country of Brazil, but it just has that weird song that's like Brazil. Na, 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 na. That would have been a great Ozil chant. I have Nobody, a friend I who did it. I have a friend who made a weird like fictional travel tourism video for Brazil was her and Reggie Watts <laughs> going around to like weird architecture and saying, this wait, is like Brazil. the real Reggie Watts. Yeah, the real Reggie was. Wow, um, that's cool. I can, I'll send it to you later. But um, Obama Yang, give give me the give me the dirt. Looks like I mean I don't know if the ink is dry, but the last I check, it looks like he is very imminently going to Chelsea. 
Um, I think he will be one of the few Chelsea players of all time to take the field at Stamford Bridge with an Arsenal tattoo. Wait, um, he has an Arsenal tattoo? Kind of. He has he has a tattoo of him and his kids holding hands, and he's wearing an Arsenal jersey and walking onto the pitch, and it's got like the 14 and everything. So that's an interesting look for Chelsea. I also like, it's weird because for a while, I'd say he was probably my favorite player in the team. But I also have to kind of admit, like, I don't think this is a great move for Chelsea. You just bought this guy who's 33, kind of a head case. I, I will say this, Barcelona, like, golf clap. They just, they, 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 they turned they, nothing they, into something. Yeah, I mean, they said, all right, we will take a free Obama Yang for six months. He's going to score a ton of goals here. Then we're going to buy Lewandowski and flip him to Chelsea for $20 million. Like, that's the kind of stuff that doesn't work in real life but works in FIFA. Like, mm-hmm. it, that's an amazing piece of business they did there. I wish that we were as good at selling players as they are. I, but it's funny. I feel like Obama Yang to Barca was a lottery ticket that worked. He could have just as easily been someone that had his contract canceled, right? Oh yeah, for sure. But even that, it was like, like I don't know. I think the original thing was like a loan, and then they had an option. I don't know what it was, but like they were very much like, like the worst case scenario was not that bad for them on this. What um, are they? What are they getting? Sorry, what are they getting for him now? What? Uh, like, what's the fee? Yeah, like monetarily. Uh, yeah. I've seen estimates between 16 and 22 million. I think what I believe, I think the 22 million one is sort of like the tabloidy headline where it's 16 plus like five or six of incentives, Um, which is honestly like, that's pretty good for a 33 year old washed up guy, but it's weird. I don't know how to place it. Like, I mean, something very similar happened recently where people were like, oh, look, an Arsenal captain goes to Barcelona and then comes back to London and goes to Chelsea. And, it, you know, referring to Cesc Fabregas, obviously, but like it doesn't feel the like that feels felt like more of a betrayal. And Cesc was like still at, at the time, it seemed like he had a lot of gas in the tank. Like he was like 27 or something like that. Like with Obama Yang, it feels like is this going to be one of those weird like Joe Montana in a Kansas city chiefs uniform where you like almost forget that it happened kind of thing. Like, like in a regrettable way for, no, it's like, is this just going to be this chapter that we don't even like remember of his career? Like I feel a little less betrayed, but maybe I'm just trying to put that narrative out there to save the Jersey that I have that I really like the pattern on um, the design of that says Obama Yang's name on the back. I mean, you can you can do that. Like you can, you can still have the time that you had together, Jeff. And it's like you can't control them when they go elsewhere. But you don't. So wait, you are you recommending that I wear the Obama Yang jersey? You, you can keep it. Like you can keep the jersey. You yeah. can keep the what the jersey represents was that for a number of years he was like a great yeah. forward for your team. This it's like this the way that I feel about like. Dude, I feel that way about Cavani for way less. That's a good. Uh, that's a good example. But, but like, would you still feel about it if like like if Cavani was like somehow coming to like I guess Liverpool is not a perfect example. Like if Cavani was coming to like no, Leeds. What if he did that? What if he did that to be rotation? Yeah. Or well, like that's like that's like probably where he's gonna end up at Everton. You know what I mean? Like I don't know who they're gonna put in front of him because all their options up there kind of suck. But are you saying Everton? 
or sorry, I yeah, I meant to say Chelsea, but no, yeah, you really think about him. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one. I'm kind of bummed out about it. It looked like it wasn't going to happen for a minute, and then suddenly today, it, like, really seemed to coalesce. Where now I'd be very surprised if it didn't all the way go through. Um, right. So and the window, window's winding down. Like our next episode's going to be like transfer window deadline episode, probably. I was going to say, like, I feel like we've already seen a little bit of, like, between Yang and Casemiro. Like, that would have been, like, a crazy deadline day right there. And the stupid part of the transfer window is just starting. So, And well, a lot of those teams that are trying to offload those players don't want to let it go to deadline day because then there's a chance that they're paying this disgruntled player to stay. So they, That's they're a good like, point. Let's get rid of... Well, apparently Casemiro had decided he wanted a new challenge like earlier in the summer and United is more of a recent interest of his, but he seems to be like an old school. I like the traditional big teams kind of guy versus like, I'll go to Newcastle. Like Bruno Gamares clearly doesn't care about actually that's unfair. Newcastle were a big team. I um, mean, but that's a weird, yeah. like, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that seemed to be like this weird narrative in Casemiro's press conference. It looked like a Real Madrid press conference. If I'm sort of reading the, but like, it looked like he was like there talking to the Spanish press. But well, he did in the morning. He said goodbye to Madrid. That was like a whole event that happened before he flew to the Liverpool match. Right. But then he also like in that he seemed to be very defensive about like people say I'm just doing this for the money. But like you got to admit that like Manchester United is a big club. And like he, I think he said something along like, you know, maybe they're just as big as Real Madrid. Like it's Manchester United. They're kind of a big deal. Um but he seemed to have a chip on his shoulder a little bit that people were going to say, oh, like, you know, you're just cashing a check. And on some level, like, I don't know, do you buy that line of thought that he's not just cashing a check? Like, do you really think that he is, like, there because he believes in the Ten Hag project or, like, because he wants, like, a different thing to add to his resume as a footballer or something? Like, he wants- Well, what, first of all, he's really close buddies with Varane. They're, like, roughly the same mm-hmm. age. And they've come yeah, up yeah, in yeah. the team and they've won a lot together. So there's that. Uh, I wouldn't say Ronaldo is is a an influence because who's friends with Ronaldo? He's just like he said that he was. He said he he said he I haven't talked to him, but I'm like pumped to reunite. But I don't know. What oh, else yeah, so I was coming to work at your company, and I was like, I haven't talked to Jeff about the fact that I'm coming to work at his company, but I'm sure. Like, yeah, that friend. says a lot. That says a lot. I think it's just a it was like a respectful. Yes, we know each other kind of yeah. comment. But once like we do agree with me, Casemiro. At the moment, top five D mids on the planet, but at different points has maybe been number one. Like, I, like think of Real Madrid's like multiple Champions League haul in like a few years. Yeah, like you, once you get to be that level of player, even as you get older, you're getting paid well. Like at any of the teams they end up at, there can only be so many teams that those players can even go to because they're getting accustomed to x wages they can't suddenly go to i'm gonna go to fulham now well fulham can't pay you that they have a wage structure so right really well can't go to barca could go to psg probably doesn't want to psg maybe don't need him Um, this is am i supposed to agree to all of this this is a lot of things that you're telling me i need to agree or not agree with I mean, you know the dynamic of our podcast i talk a lot and wear you (laughs) down and eventually i just fine sky no um no i think uh the thing about defensive midfielders in particular is I feel like like midfielders are, it's a cocktail and I feel like the, the the classic cocktail of Casemiro 
and Modric and oh gosh, who's the other one there? Cruz. Cruz, right. Like that sort of thing. I don't like, obviously he fit really well into that, but I think it's risky to move as a midfielder like him who has a sort of very incredible, but not unlimited skill set. Like, I could, I could imagine a lot of midfields that he doesn't fit into. Like Pogba to me is another prime example where like in a certain midfield. Casemiro, like Casemiro Pogba would be a good middle two. Because like maybe, Casemiro yeah. Because you have a responsible one and like a journeying guy. Like it, it would kind of work. Like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. But but also Casemiro, let's not talk about him like he can't pass. He can pass. He's just not Modric or Cruz, so he's not playing the long balls in that team. They are. Yeah. But compared to Scott fucking McTominay, who just played his first long pass of the last two years. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't doubt his passing ability at all. I don't doubt his ability to defend in and around his box. But I do I do wonder like how much ground can he cover in a really aggressive pressing team because he's that's not what he's been doing before but me, i mean he could very well prove me wrong like there are smarter people than me that think that he's oh. gonna be great there and i i have nothing but respect for him as a player like he's had this amazing you know body of work but don't judge him for next weekend by the way it will be his first match sure with only three days in of training in ton hogs system but um i think i think we should be more defensively stable i I don't see no reason that that would change in the premier league because he's been doing it in the champions league on the highest stage you know yeah um all right so what is this uh we got two more i'm trying to let oh man you're already answering the question i was about to ask you because i was going to ask you do you even know what this ticker which says fair play to the finance department do you even know what i'm referring to here Ooh. Okay, well, that's interesting because that was going to be it has this made it out of the sort of Arsenal sphere yet. So I believe it was two days ago. If you don't follow the Swiss Ramble on Twitter, um, I do. They it's a very, very nerdy like accounting Twitter that goes super deep into club finances. And basically the point that they made is like, you know, all clubs have been doing terribly during COVID. Arsenal in particular have been doing terribly because of COVID and then also not making the Champions League, not even making Europe at all. You know, we didn't play in any sort of European competition um, last year. And that has taken a big toll on our finances. And we've started to shell out money for players while we've also had a bunch of dead weight on our books, like, a you know, a la Pepe, a la Aubameyang, these players that were on giant bulging contracts. And basically... You know, it's difficult. <laughs> well, no, it's uh, the long story short is that there may be financial fair play issues for Arsenal on the horizon. Like, it's very difficult. He's very good at, or she, I don't know who Swiss Ramble is. Them, they are very good at doing the calculations and sort of getting like deep into the amortization and blah, 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 blah. But they have to do it all with estimates and, you know, transfers are not public data. So you have to kind of read the tea leaves and, you know, the guardian might quote a different number than the telegraph or on a particular player's transfer and who knows like which incentives they're hitting and blah, blah, blah. But basically there's very little room for error. Let me find people fuck up the, some numbers are in pounds, some numbers are in euros, some oh, are in yeah. dollars, and they remember the number, and then they give it the wrong currency, and then that starts to make it fair. Around. Or even, I feel like some of them almost on purpose, or at least like without trying too hard to not do it, will just take the higher number and then give it the lower currency sign. So then like, 
Like, you know, it's like if it was 40 million pounds and then it's 50 million euros, well, then next week it's 50 million pounds because that sounds even worse. And then it gets rounded up to 60 million euros. And again, the cycle continues. But the, the long story short, so at first I was thinking, well, that's interesting. And like, they've really done the legwork to, you know, the Swiss Ramble has done the legwork to see like that we're going to be close. I also think that like the future looks bright for us financially. Hopefully we'll, you know, can, we'll have some winnings from the Europa League. If we can go deep in that competition, which is almost like making Champions League if you go far enough and blah, blah, blah. But well, if, you win it, if you win it, it's more lucrative than like a group stage Champions League exit. Right. And even like, you know, if like semifinal to me is like a very reasonable goal. We haven't won it. Um, <laughs> if you if you lose it to Chelsea and or Man United or teams like that, then you just kick yourself. Um, but then... Yeah, yeah. Via or Via Real, one of the two. We lost it to a year and a half ago. Um, but my at first I was just not I was not that concerned about it. It's like, okay, one random Twitter account, like I'm sure we are playing it kind of close to the line. Like every club is right now. They're all kind of in the hole. We all had COVID losses, right. like like and that rolls over into the next season because it's not like the next season, all things are better again. It's like, no, now we have more debt. And then the next, well, but then the next day, slightly more alarming. So UEFA had, I think, officially added us to the financial fair play watch list, which I don't know enough about to know how serious that is. But I did see one commenter say that would be the most Arsenal thing ever to be like the good boys of football finance for decades <laughs> while everyone else was being like such jerks financially and spending money like it, you know, grew on trees. And then for us to somehow be the ones that like, just got slapped down by financial fair play. That would be so Arsenal. Um, and I kind of can't agree more. Well, a player? Like, what's going to happen? Well, I mean, you look at the teams that are actually in, like, the actual trouble of it, like Barcelona right now, or, you know, I know this because we have this ongoing transfer saga with uh, Hector Bayerin, but um, Real, yes. not Sociedad, uh, Real Batiste are... Uh, they, I'm like, I don't, it rhymes with lettuce in my head. I'm so sorry. Bettis and Martinez are going all the way. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm um, <laughs> that's how you talk. Uh, even those guys, it's like, it looks like you have problems registering certain players or something like that. So, I mean, it, it still looks like it's not the end of the world. And then even the people who absolutely flouted financial fair play, like Barcelona and Chelsea and Man City, who've all been penalized, it's like, you basically have to sit out for one transfer window, which it's not great. Well, meaning like you, you can't buy anybody or meaning you can't do anything. That's a good question. I think that you are allowed outgoings, but then that, I mean, that can be a blessing or a curse because like, if you're getting rid of dead wood, that helps you financially. Great. But if your team is in financial fair play trouble and not able to strengthen, and then suddenly you have like your best players requesting out, then maybe that's not great, but. Well, I mean, I, 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 as a United fan, it's like, it's like, <laughs> I have a, as a straight white male, I just wanted to, <laughs> but like as, as a United fan, it's like, it's so weird living in a, in a, a, a situation where financially things are fucked and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Like they're like you're kind of powerless. Like they have to figure it out, and there's like nothing you can do about it. There's nothing any of the players can do about it unless they want to do the Barcelona and just give away money. Like, 
Right. How nuts is that? How many Barcelona players were just like, yeah, we'll play, we'll take a 50% pay cut. Like if my work asked me to do that, I'd be like, I'll do 50% <sighs> less work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that is a wild, wild thing that happens to them. I mean, I don't know. I think it would be it would be the it would be the hardest kind of defeat as a club for me to swallow. You know, like even like like in another not so distant universe, Arsenal is Everton right now, where you know, we we took some swings, we kind of needed to rebuild, none of it was working, and like we could be the ones that are in the relegation battles. I mean, a few Arsenal were or sorry, Everton were inches away yet last year from being in the championship. And like that is not is not an impossibility. And like I think on some level, as much as it would devastate me, I could I, I wouldn't stop being an Arsenal fan. It wouldn't it wouldn't dent my love of the club at all. I it would make it way harder to find the games on television. But like, you know, it would I would still like just I would just roll with those punches. And in a weird way, it would be home for me because all the teams that I was a fan of as a kid were like terrible. So I sort of learned to enjoy like what it's like to like I don't know. It's like crying in your beers. Yeah. Like it's like the suffering of like, like being in like a core group where like, they don't know what we've been through. Like we've been through it all, baby. Like, and it's like a stupid thing to say aloud, but it's like, there's some sort of like belonging that you get out of that. And it like, it works on a different level that you probably don't understand until recently as a Manchester United fan. Nineties fan and uh, early two thousands United fan. Yeah. So like, yeah. Welcome to the shit. But but yeah, like so I've that I that part I on some weird level it wouldn't phase me as much as like like if the club went into like bankruptcy or there was like some risk that Arsenal wouldn't be a club or like maybe we weren't a club for like a couple years and then suddenly, you know, we like came back as this like reconstituted thing with a slightly different logo. It's like that would you know, and it's all because of like some weird financial like bookkeeping like book issue that I barely understand. Yeah. Like that, I think that would be like much more like troubling on like an existential level for me following the club. Whereas like, if we just were bad at football for a while, like, well, I've seen that before. I've seen versions of that. Maybe not relegation bad, but. Well, I hope you don't get relegated as much me as too. other United fans watching are probably like, you want me? <laughs> Stop soaking his prick. And like, sorry, <laughs> um, but so I, I, I hope you, it you, but, but specifically I get you that it's like, you'd rather it be because we were bad at football and got relegated than we like, pulled yeah. the team and it died off life support. Yeah. That, that would be worse to me if somehow we had to like sell the Emirates to West Ham or something. That'd be a betrayal from ownership, which you and I can and hold hands and hug about yeah. all day. Um, I wanted to ask you about your London update, but we might have to save it for next time because I'm getting lots of work messages. So let's uh, save it. This so is it, a good podcast. Really good, a, a quick hour, right? Yeah, went by very quickly. It's <laughs> amazing how much how chatty we are when both of our teams are winning. It's fine. I could have talked to you for another hour, baby. Mm. All right, bye. <laughs> All right, see you. Meet the suckers. Meet the suckers.